Michael, hello. How are you? I am doing excellent. Adam, you might notice that I've turned into a pterodactyl today. Uh, yeah, I'm, I was going to ask, but, you know, I was raised to be polite. Yeah, I got an upgrade. I said, you know, there's one thing missing from this human form, and that is the will to turn into a pterodactyl whenever I feel it. You know, that's what my grandmother used to say, you know? When there's a will, there's a pterodactyl. Absolutely. And so, I'm a pterodactyl when I feel like it, a human when I don't. And, you know, that's just who I am inside. <laughs> How did you uh, discover this power within you? Did you just wake up today and just willed it to life? Well, as you know, I like to scour cartoons to get ideas of how I should live. You know, as do had, we all. Yeah, I had that phase where I was lighting TNT everywhere. And yeah. Yeah, that got expensive. <laughs> yeah, probably because that lawsuit is currently pending. <laughs> yes, but then I saw that perfectly good creatures could turn into dinosaur creatures, and I said, I need to get me some of that. True that. <laughs> and you know what? From what I can tell, life's gotten a lot better for you. Yeah, you know, I feel free. I feel wonderful. The wife has noticed. Yeah, does she like uh, your your big, strong beak? Yes. You know, as they say, once you go pterodactyl, you never go back to... <laughs> <laughs> you know what they say about pterodactyls. You never hear the pee. <laughs> yes. <laughs> I'm as subtle as the pea and pterodactyl. <laughs> Mike, what's today's episode about? Oh, if you haven't figured it out already. It's it about is, dinosaurs. Oh. It's about dinosaurs. Beast wars. To the, be best, the best war. Yeah, if I had to go to war, it would be against beasts. True that. Interesting <laughs> little side note. Did you know that in Australia, they had a thing called the Great Emu War, where, like, three people from the Australian Army got Lewis Vicker machine guns and, like, went into the Australian outback and tried to cull a bunch of emu, and then the emu won? I love that story, especially because that fits my narrative of Australia and how everything is designed to kill you. From the yeah. smallest slug to the sharks. That's what I'm saying. So, we are doing Beast Wars, which has been currently living in the shadow of Transformers. Because For too long. Are, yep, yep, too long. We are Bottom Shelf Dreams, and everyone knows you should get it by now, unless you're listening to us for the first time. Uh, Bottom Shelf Dreams is all about taking the underrated guy and figuring out why he should be on top and why Transformers should be at the bottom in disguise, in shame. Exactly. Beast Wars is rocky and uh, Transformers is Clubber Lang? I don't know. Beast Wars is Dolph Lundgren and... Transformers is um, Dolph Lundgren's son. <laughs> what? 
you know, when he, he was young, <laughs> not like his father. I don't know. I, I, I didn't read the script on that one. We'll fix that one in post. Yes. So uh, before we get started and talk about why Beast Wars is amazing and everything else pales in comparison, uh, did you know we have an Instagram page? I did, but did everyone else know? I hope so, or I'm telling them for the first time. Um, it's at Bottom Shelf Dreams, all one word. Um, it's Our Instagram is dedicated to asking weird geek questions. And I'm going to throw out one of our weird geek questions. Um, right now, our Instagram is in its infancy stage, which means not a lot of people know it exists, so not a lot of people are replying. Um, but as we grow... We're going to be getting some of the best answers on these geeky questions. For example, if you had to choose one person to run summer camp, would you pick Mark Wahlberg or The Rock? Well, that's a great question, but the answer has to be The Rock. Like He, he loves kids, he loves motivating people, and he doesn't have a history of being a racist. Oh, oh dang. <laughs> Um, since you're not talking about The Rock, you might be talking about Mark Wahlberg. Oh, yeah, 100%. <laughs> oh, dang. See, I was I was about... See, I didn't do my homework. I was about to go, but Adam, what if you want a comedy uh, camp? And, and then you would, you, would, you would back down. But now I don't want Mark Wahlberg's comedy. <laughs> if that's what it costs, I don't want it. So... The Rock can run my comedy camp, too. Perfect. Mm -hmm. I and and yeah. we would all get jacked. It's true. I would love to leave, like, fat camp, like, with the six-pack, you know, washboard abs. Right. Uh, pegs, or pecs that move themselves. <laughs> um, Just a couple of 12-inch pythons on the old bicep there. Yes, and a good background in acting. Amen. So, yeah, if you like questions like that, like comparing racist remark actors to The Rock, you'll love our Instagram. Amen. Yes, so check us out there. And speaking of check us out, don't forget to subscribe, like, uh, just love us, because we need the love right now. Amen. Yep. So shall we jump in? Like I there's nothing I would rather do. Yeah, you got pretty excited about this. So yeah, yeah. We're, we're looking at Beast Wars and how it's been living in the shadow of Transformers. And Adam, take it away. Okay, Mike. Well, for those of you that have been living under a rock and don't know a little thing called Beast Wars Transformers, I'm here to educate you. So there's, uh, there was four total seasons of this bad boy. Um, currently, it sits at an 8.1 out of 10 on IMDb and an 8.5 out of 10 at TV.com. Its uh, first release date was in April 16th, 1996, and its final episode was on March 7th, 1999, and uh, it, it was uh, directed and run by um, a wonderful director who, um, who did a couple of other 
uh, Transformers TV shows, um, but it was um, directed by. Uh, oh no! I thought it was him, but it's not him. It, his name is uh, uh, Bob Forward and Larry uh, Detrilio, and the production designer was uh, a nice man named Clyde. Um, and uh, among its many distinctions, it won a Daytime Emmy f- uh, for Outstanding Individual Achievement in Animation in 1997. And uh, in the U.S. and uh, some other territories in Australia, speaking of Australia, it was the uh, 2006 um, number one uh, regional cartoon. So this is a Beast Wars. I had no idea that cartoons like Beast Wars could win daytime Emmys. I know that's it's it's incredible. Um, I mean, obviously, it was based on the uh, the original Transformers toys made by Hasbro, and uh, but I think my my favorite fact um, about uh, uh, about Beast Wars is the fact that it was. Made mostly in Canada, isn't that great, Mike? That that sounds like such good news. <laughs> I could count on one hand the Canadian shows that I know about. <laughs> um, yeah, yeah. I don't know. I can think of like two, maybe, like yeah. like Letter Kenny and Beast Wars. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Uh, um, I read an article once that uh, Canada only needs 10,000 people to watch a show for it to be considered a success. <laughs> um, do you want to know what they called Beast Wars in Canada? I would love to. They called it Beasties Transformers. Beasties. Mm-hmm. Isn't that great? That sounds <laughs> like a chocolate bar in Canada. Uh, to be <laughs> fair, everything sounds like a chocolate bar in Canada. <laughs> Yeah, that is a wunderbar. <laughs> um, and so the the main, the kind of the overall setting, the overall plot for Transformers is um, it, it features the obviously the the two traditional factions in Transformers, um, but there's uh, the show takes place around the descendants of those two original uh, factions, the the Maximals, who are uh, the descendants of the Autobots. And the Maximals are kind of like all the the really cool kind of uh, animals that you can think of in nature. Like Optimus Primal, the main character. One of the main characters is a gorilla. Um, uh, as, we, as we talk about this, you kind of see that a lot of the characters' names reflect the animal that they are. So yes. Rhino X or Rhinoxorix is a rhinoceros. Rat Trap is a rat. Cheetor is a cheetah, so you know you kind of you, you get the picture. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, the bad guys, um, who are obviously descended from the Decepticons, are called uh, the Predacons, um, and they kind of are—I um, don't know—they they kind of you know they they play up the fact like if you think of like an evil animal. It's it's mm-hmm. it's pretty much it's yeah it's it's pretty much exactly what you think. Um, you mean like that arachnid 
character. <laughs> yeah, there's like a a weird bee creature and like um yeah, so like wolves and that sort of thing. Mm-hmm. And so uh like I said, like the Maxwells and the Predacons are descendants from the Autobots and the Decepticons and um and they kind of get released through this um magical device called uh the Golden Disc. And they kind of get released into this new, um, into this new mysterious planet they crash land on, and it's um, full of that energy that they're always fighting over, Energon, Energon, and um, you know the factions just kind of fight over it, and then there's the plot evolves from there. Yes, I remember this show, and I also remember when it came on Netflix, and I wanted to go down. Um, I wanted to go down memory lane. So I picked a random episode, and the first thing I saw was the gorilla, Optimus <laughs> Primal, right. uh, with Rat Trap riding on his back. So <laughs> it was it was like a kind of like riding a horse, but instead of a horse, there was, a, was gorilla, a, a gorilla. Instead of a human, there was a rat. <laughs> exactly. Um, I I found the uh, the specific breakdown. Uh, so the the Predacons are based on specifically reptiles, amphibians, or invertebrates, uh, and the Autobots, or the the Maximals, are based on mammals, birds, or fish. And then there's like a a neutral faction that kind of switch sides mm-hmm. called the Dinobots. Oh. Um... Now, you think the dinosaurs would be the main attraction because any five-year-old worth his salt is addicted to dinosaurs. I mean, I'm, you know, 27 years old, and I love dinosaurs still to this day. Right. It, it, it's no wonder, um, like, dinosaurs are, whoever was in charge of marketing dinosaurs did an amazing job. And because they are all over um, the cool factor of the world. Right. I mean, you can't get through a summer blockbuster season without, you know, getting hit on the head with a dinosaur something. Absolutely. So Beast Wars, you know, I remember the show being more dinosaur heavy, but now that you bring up all these characters, yeah, it's just beasts. <laughs> Yeah, it was like the title of the show or something. Yeah, yeah, it's 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 a beast that have wars. Okay. Over Energia. Over Energia, <laughs> um, yeah. Um, but yeah, so the the big the big thing around the show is, um, I mean, it it kind of followed um, a little bit of a similar kind of formula as the original cartoon, but um, in case you haven't made that very clearly evident yet, uh, the the giant robots would transform into animals and back into giant robots instead of the usual cars and vehicles and such as with the, uh, the original cartoon. And honestly, that kind of is what, what drew me to it, you know? This idea that, you know, you could have these two awesome things, robots, animals, and then kind of put them together and make them fight. I mean, to me, that sounds like an excellent afternoon after a snack of high sea lava burst and animal crackers. <laughs> Absolutely, absolutely. And 
seems like a no-brainer. Like that, they should have started with Beast Wars. Robots, great. Animals that bite you, even better. Put them together, amazing. Beautiful. Yes, I would not be looking at someone's car and thinking that should be a robot. <laughs> and I mean, animals are way more accessible. You think about, you know, your average eight-year-old. How many eight-year-olds do you know that can drive a car? Right. Exactly. Hopefully the answer is zero. Hopefully the answer is zero. But I know eight-year-olds that would ride a gorilla. <laughs> Rest in peace. <laughs> um, but yeah, hundred um, percent. I I I I love uh, I love everything about it, and um, it, it just screams just like peak nineties cartoon to me. Right, and you know. It, it's set up to have the most perfect action scenes. In the Ninja Turtles world, they have all these sharp blades and bone-crushing weapons, but they can't use them in the way they were made to be used on the foot soldiers because, you know, blood, guts, um, honor killing. But <laughs> when you have robots made out of steel, not blood and flesh, with proton weapons, you know, you get, you get the best fight scenes. Yeah, exactly. And uh, we also, I know we briefly mentioned it earlier, but, you know, the, the fight scenes were, were done, obviously, in animation, for which this show won a daytime Emmy for. Right next to, like, uh, you know, Days of Our Lives and General Hospital, <laughs> you have Beast Wars somewhere in there. Right. Uh, you know, coming in with yeah. the, uh, the technical achievement. Right, right. They're like, you know... Best lighting on set, General Hospital, Days of Our Lives, Beast Wars, <laughs> and then you need the drum roll, and it's Beast Wars, and Optimus Primal comes up to the podium. <laughs> and accepts it on behalf of all of the Beast Wars staff. Exactly. Yeah. I love it. So, speaking of animals that are in disguise... What about vehicles that are in disguise? Well, Oh, what about them? Let me take you back. Adam, it's 1984. Ooh. The, the Vision was playing the best version of Pac-Man. The Ghostbusters were teaching us to laugh again. Ronald Reagan was keeping peace and order. <laughs> and the Soviets were being jerks to us at the Olympics. Ugh. A little company called Takara and Hasbro formed together to build a mecha that turns into a vehicle. Uh, generation one of the Transformers spawned a movie, a comic series, and so many action figures your head will spin. Uh, mo many people don't know that the Transformers are a rebrand of the popular um, Japanese series Diaclone and Microman Toys. I'd, I've never owned a Diaclone or a Microman toy. <laughs> um, and here's what's powered the Transformers Beast. Here's why it, it does not get off the throne easily. Um, the cartoon movie, which came out, uh, aptly titled Transformers, the movie, um, had Leonard Nimoy and Orson Welles in his last uh, role ever. 
So Orson Welles, that was his last great uh, feat of fame. <laughs> um, the top 20 toys of the 80s and the top 100 toys of all time all have Transformers somewhere in that list. All right. Transformers isn't the original idea. In 1983, GoBots preceded them. So it started with GoBots. But the Transformers were so popular, Hasbro actually bought out the property from Tonka and then included the GoBots as part of the Transformers universe. Um, so if you've ever owned a GoBot, it means your mom was kind of telling you that she was poor and couldn't couldn't afford Transformers. Um, <laughs> yeah, just like G.I. Joseph. Never exactly. Yeah. <laughs> uh, their cartoon series are many and include um, the G1, the Energon series, the Cyberverse series, the Armada series, which are known as like a trilogy series, um, the animated series, and Transformers Galaxies, just to name a few. Um, I looked up the toy values, and I looked up the top two most expensive G.I. Joes that are rare to find. And apparently there's a a Generation 1 Fortress Maximus, which I didn't get a picture of, but I imagine in my mind's eye, it looks like a building that turns into a robot. And that... <laughs> yeah, it's just a giant castle. Yes. And that little baby will set you back $30,000 if you find it. Wow. I'm looking at some Optimus Primal Gorilla toys. Yes. And uh, it's clocking in at $30. $30. Oh, man. Not that rare. Oh, wait, wait. I found a, a 1998 one for $89. I've already put it in my cart. Perfect. All right. But the most rarest of them all is when in 2007, when uh, the Transformers movie came out, um, there was an award you could win for best uh, homemade Transformers story. So you'd make up your own Transformers fanfic, and it kind of helped support the movie. And then you could win, and you won this one-of-a-kind Optimus Prime signature one. So there's only one in existence, and it's considered priceless, as in you could never you could never buy it from someone. Right. Is is that how Michael Bay got the right to direct that movie? I, yeah, he told a story, something about, uh, you know, a vampire falling in love with a Transformer. And, right, uh, right. You know, Twilight Scream. <laughs> yeah. So I counted. There are 32 Transformer video games that range between the Spectrum Sinclair and today's uh, next-gen systems. And now, I wasn't even counting the Beast Wars games, which I thought there was more than one. Um, there's like three. Yeah, there's three Beast Wars games, so that would make it, if we included them all, it would be 35. But yeah, that's 35 games. You could, um, you could technically get your 
your Transformers fix. You know, if you had uh, uh, toy systems ranging from Japanese to American to Brazilian, um, you could get them all. Uh, yeah, what was I going to say about Transformers video games? Oh, yeah, if you, if you put them all together and you got a meta score, Metacritic score, it'd probably be a five. <laughs> yeah. Out of out of ten? Yep, out of ten. Um so I have a little game. There oh, are boy. so many Transformers, all with creative names. Mm-hmm. Um and I I want to play Transformer or not Transformer. Ooh. And so you know, I'll say a name, you tell me if it's a Transformer or not. Okay, okay. All right. Sidearm. Transformer. Okay. Teradive. Transformer. Correct. Airhorn. Not a Transformer. Oh, you're, you're three for three. Spatula. Spatula? Yes. It's not a Transformer. Oh, four for four. Good. Uh, hubcap. <laughs> uh, I feel like that's a Transformer. That is a Breacher. <laughs> uh, uh, oh, I, I'm feeling the pressure, Mike. Um, I know. Uh, breacher. Uh, not a Transformer? That's your first wrong one, that is. Oh, man. I, right. was, I was banking on it being a G.I. Joe. Right. You know, it sounds like it. They do swap a lot of names. Um, uh, how about Light Rain? <laughs> if that's a Transformer name, that's the worst. But I'm going to go not Transformer. Correct. Uh, Steel Wool. That's too cool to not be a Transformer. Unfortunately, that is not a Transformer. Hasbro, get your game up. We need uh, steel wool. Yeah, steel wool. It has to turn into a sheep. Right, 100%. Yeah. Uh, Storm. Um, I'm going to go Transformer. Correct. And finally, Forceps. <laughs> um, Transformer. That is not a Transformer. Oh, man. <laughs> that is a kitchen tool. Oh, man. All right. So thank you for playing our Transformers game. I feel like I did pretty good. Yeah, you did really well. I thought I'd get you with air horn and spatula, but you didn't take the bait. It it felt too 80s for me. Yes. For me, not 80s enough. Fair. Fair. So, that is the world of Transformers. Amen to that, man. I mean... You, uh, you only briefly touched on the uh, the Transformers movies, and I'm am saving that for the, the criticism. <laughs> that's what I figured. Um, right. But I think that's one of my my biggest disappointments for the Beast Wars movie uh, that never happened. I feel like I feel like that would have kind of translated very very well. I mean, they kind of did it right with the uh, last night or whatever. Uh, they did. They had they, um the, the actually the fourth one, um, <laughs> with that racist guy, Mark Wahlberg. <laughs> right, right. Um, where he, there was the dinosaur was introduced in that one, and I think that was their nod to Beast Wars. 
Right. But there were no cheetahs. And it definitely wasn't in, like, a primal backyard. (laughs) Right, exactly. Mm -hmm. Oh, man. Okay, Mike, this is um, your favorite part of our programming and mine. Um, Three uh, reasons that uh, Beast Wars should totally be dominating uh, the airwaves right now instead of Transformers. Are you ready? I'm so ready. Um, number one, there's no human analog to get in the way. How how annoying is it in every Transformers movie when you're watching the giant robots fight then it cuts to like a little squishy human being? I'm not there for that. I'm there for giant robots stabbing each other with giant metal swords. And uh, Beast Wars has the awesome benefit of not having any you know, human main characters to worry about. It's just pure robot-on-robot action. Right. Uh, number two. Um, the story and the writing is actually pretty good. And it's very... Um, it's been described as good, gritty storytelling without being pandering. Um, in a article written in... Um, the the illustrious uh where is it uh is it tv.com where is this i should be we should be more organized mike um oh ign uh yeah. uh in 2000 a, a 2011 article written in ign um in review of season 3 uh, the critic says that uh it has a rapid pace and darker tones and says it's arguably the best season of the series he concludes, Beast Wars may have been a marketing tool for Hasbro, but it also told some good stories about pandering to the lowest common denominator. And, you know, that's, that's what I really liked about um, the cartoons when I watched it. I mean, obviously I didn't use all those big words, but you know, the stories were compelling, and um, it, 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 was never, it never felt like you were watching filler. You were watching... Uh, you know, a galactic struggle between uh, two awesome robot dinosaur animal factions. And, you know, I just noticed this off the top of that of my head. Mm-hmm. Um, you go into one of those international toy stores, and you see the, the third world kind of a knockoff toys, and it's always Transformers. It's never Beast Wars. Right. Um, yeah, you see, like, you know, at the top, you'll see um, the car formers. Um, you'll see the transmorphers. You'll see um, the light rangers. And then, <laughs> but you, you won't, yeah, you won't see, um, you won't see Beast Wars. Part of it because it's not that, you know, popular and we're trying to change that. And others because Optimus Primal is so about that. Right, mm-hmm. right. It's it's all about it's all about the quality. Yeah. Um. And uh, my my last reason, and probably um, the number one reason, is that it uh, like we said earlier, it it won a daytime Emmy, man. It won a, a daytime Emmy in. Uh, for its uh, computer animated graphics, and 
um, it was definitely way ahead of its time. It was one of the 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 first uh, mainstream cartoons to do that sort of animation style, and uh, we have uh, a lot of we have a lot um, to thank that for. Like a lot of the cartoons that we've we've talked about uh, on the show already um, are, have uh, Beast Wars to thank. You can you can see the the computer generated animations and and. Uh, uh, Dragon Prince. You can see, mm-hmm. you can see its impact. Um, you know, in in modern television. So it it definitely, um, it def- it definitely broke ground, and uh, you know, it it walked so other other games or other games, other shows could run. And you aware of the the trinity of computer graphic uh, shows in the nineties. First, you had the incredible crash test dummies, <laughs> and that that took those guys forever just to make like one episode. Like the the animate the computer technology just wasn't there, so they like would would take months and months of you know trading VHS tapes and um, just to make this one this one like episode, and it was it was a labor of love. Um, it looked like you know, very bad PlayStation 1 graphics. Um, and then the show Reboot came out. And Reboot, like, uh, sped up the time you could come out with episodes and were just pumping out season after season of their their stuff. And people, a lot of people have uh, Reboot to thank for introducing CGI. Uh, but then Beast Wars... Mm-hmm. Um, I I really think that they're the ones who really made they really showed the the potential of the beauty of CGI in the nineties. I mean, let's not forget there's Toy Story, and I I think <laughs> Toy Story had a little bit more money than those guys. And Probably. Yeah, you know that kind of blew it out of the war, water. But television wise, right on um, the small we, screen. Yeah. Beast Wars was the potential of the right. 90s. Absolutely. Yeah, I mean, uh, you know, it it literally was the, the first, well, it was the first Transformers series uh, to do computer animation. And um, for their efforts, you know, they won Outstanding Individual Achievement for in animation in 1997. So, I mean, it's, it's definitely a giant that a lot of the... Um, animators today stand on absolutely and you know now if we watch beast wars oh yeah you think oh what's this i mean are these guys even trying (laughs) i can make this on that free blender program right right but you have to remember there was no such thing as drag and drop molding animations Right, exactly. Everything was like, you know, pure math. Right. And, you know, computers that are were less powerful than your watch. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah, everything has to be viewed within the context of, of, of what it came out in. So you're probably wondering. I am. What criticisms I could possibly have for Transformers? Yeah, I mean, it's a perfect franchise. They've never yeah. done anything wrong. It's, it's amazing. 
uh, yeah, you have Transformers. They they invented greed among boys. <laughs> um, boys were not greedy until Transformers and GI Joe came out, <laughs> and and then they decided, I'm going to want toys. Because before those toys, all they had was stick and ball. I'm convinced. But then, you know, this beautiful toy franchise came out. Um, It spawned Marvel Comics. Marvel was the first one to to take hold of the Transformers universe. Um, And so much more came out of it. And, you know, lo and behold, Shia LaBeouf is now our number one actor in... (laughs) in our acting realm. Uh, Amen. uh, You know, originally when I was going to do problems with this, I was going to say, number one, Michael Bay. Number two, Shia LaBeouf. (laughs) Number three, Megan Fox. Done. (laughs) Uh, I'm going to put all those guys as a number one. All right. right. So when Michael Bay first came out with... The this movie, I didn't have high expectations. I thought, you know, this is going to be a, a cheap cash in, and and you know, it's going to be dumb. And I was pr- I was pretty blown away uh, by the whole Transformers thing. And I also loved how he used um, like military men to kind of help uh, spur the story, and how there's a relationship between the military men and the the Transformers. Um, and you know Liam Neeson did a great job as Optimus Prime, mm. um, and you know Michael Bay, his his style was fresh. So seeing things explode, and you know the the camera move like a fast paced ADHD child was uh, brand new. If if you remember, all he had is the island before that movie, <laughs> um, and that had uh, you know. Uh, Obi Wan Kenobi in it, and I can't remember who else was in it. <laughs> but you know this this put Michael Bay's name on the map, and then you know it became like a bad cafeteria joke where uh, you know a middle schooler um, he gets one laugh after he tells a fart joke, and then for the next four years of school tells the same fart joke. Over, over, yeah, and over, and over, and over. And so the second one, uh, you have more of that Michael Bay craziness, and it just kind of wears off on you. Um, you know, you you have you know Megan Fox doing the same old like you know camera pans up my body and down my body and look at me lean over this beautiful car and. You have, you know, Shia LaBeouf, you know, hemming and hawing like a, you know, like a boy with a twitch. Um, And, you know, and then you have those fight scenes where everyone's rolling and exploding. And um, by the third movie, you know, I counted. I, I counted in every fight scene how many times someone jumped over. Every time a Transformer jumped over someone rolling at them and then <laughs> that thing exploding. I mean, and it happened like over eight times. Like that's how you start a fight scene. Someone rolls at a transformer. 
he jumps over it, and then that thing explodes. Right. No, 100%. Yeah. I, I think that was a preset on his animation software, and he just said, go with it. 100%. And, and then they thought, well, obviously, the weak link has to be Shia LaBeouf. Uh, we need Mark Wahlberg to save this. And Michael Bay was saved yet again. As in the fourth movie, I didn't bother to see it. Uh, <laughs> but I saw the fifth one. And the fifth one was uh, a train wreck on the Titanic while driving into the Zeppelin. Um, it was just a bunch of nonsense. Side stories that didn't make sense. Robot butlers. Uh, weird, awkward jokes about Mark Wahlberg's virginity. Um, a strange subplot about a planet that uh, you had to fight on. Something to do with dragons. And by then, you know that the Transformers series had to die. People were saying the next one is just going to come straight to DVD. <laughs> And so, um, you know, Michael Bay reminded us that there is such a thing as too much of a good thing. And, you know, thank you. Thank you for taking uh, a perfectly good boyhood dream and turning it into uh, a casserole of trash. Amen to that. Yes. And I think that's ultimately the, the hallmark of those movies is you can come in at any number, at any time. And it doesn't matter if you've seen the previous ones. You'll understand what's happening. Yeah. Or you don't understand what's happening from second one of the movie. <laughs> and you don't care because you, you obviously believe Michael Bay doesn't care. <laughs> right. And when exactly. the director doesn't care, you don't have to care about the movie. Right. And... You know, at the end of the day, that's kind of freeing. Yeah. Yeah, it's just like, you know, Michael Bay, if you don't mind what's going on, I don't mind what's going on either. Right. Yes. <laughs> uh, tell Anthony Hopkins he did a great job. Anthony Hopkins, you did a great job. <laughs> so, speaking of good quality, my second criticism is, have you seen the game quality of all the Transformers games? No, but I'm sure they're horrifying. Yes, starting from the Japanese days of the Nintendo, uh, Transformers games uh, carry some of the worst gameplay mechanics. Um, check it out on YouTube. You, you know that thing in Castlevania where um, you're trying to traverse a level and these enemies, they come at weird angles and they knock you backwards off a cliff? And there's no way around them, and it's just so frustrating. <laughs> yes. Transformers made that their key gameplay mechanic in a lot of their 80s games. Um, and those were the good ones. Uh, the other ones were just uh, either boring, had nothing to do with the Transformers, or, you know, they were just all right. Uh, it wasn't until we started to get to um, the Cybertron games, uh, the war on Cybertron for the PS3, 
was decent, and its sequel, The Fall of Cybertron, was also very decent. In fact, if you ask me, since they're made by a similar company, um, I prefer The Fall of Cybertron over Call of Duty in its gameplay. Wow. Yep, I know. Um, in fact, I bought it on Steam, and now you can no longer get it on Steam. So I feel like that's worth $30,000. <laughs> yeah, you can sell it. Yeah, not Fortress Maximus. Ugh. But for the most part, you got movie cash-ins, movie tie-ins, cartoon tie-ins, and they, they range from decent to completely forgettable. Mm. So Is... Yeah. Is there a a single game that's like a a sandbox that just lets you be a transformer and run around? I think sandbox. Um, the Transformers games have been a lot of things. They've been like mission based mech, like Mech Warrior. They've been side scrollers like Contra. They've been first person shooters. Um, they've been fighting games like Double Dragon. Right, right. Uh, but they haven't been just, like, free-roam games. Ugh. I feel like that that would have been the cash cow. Yeah. That, that has, like, MMORPG written all over it. That's what I'm saying. Finally, this is, uh, well, I'm gonna do a, I'm gonna do a mid-criticism right now. Okay. Um, I went to Toronto to one of the Asian toy stores. I used up the only money my mom gave me for my Toronto <laughs> trip to buy um, what I how, thought was a Transformers toy. How long ago was this? This was early 2000s. Okay, okay. And I was so excited. Uh, it turned into a jet. Uh, a robot that turns into a jet, and uh, there were there were some subtle signs that this might have been a knockoff toy. It was like maybe Transformals, <laughs> um, much more than meets the iris. You know that could have been a that could have been a tell, uh, but I didn't want to believe it, and I, I ripped open this bad boy. And the minute I, I moved the hood, the hood which turns into the nose of the plane, I moved it the wrong way and it snapped off. Uh, ruining the whole toy. And I never played with it again. Oh, Mike, I'm sorry that happened to you. So, uh, <laughs> that, you know, I, I know I should be blaming the cheap knockoff toys, but I feel like Transformers, they could have stopped that. Yeah. One hundred percent, Hasbro and Transformers—they're at fault. Yeah, they didn't get my letter. Um, but this criticism is actually the weirdest criticism that you'll ever you'll ever hear about Transformers. Okay, um, I'm ready for it. So IDW bought the Transformers comic book uh, franchise. Now, mm -hmm. IDW is more of a late young adult to adult um, kind of a comic book. But they, but they buy popular franchises like Ghostbusters and Godzilla and, you know, Transformers. Mm -hmm. So when you think of a Transformers comic book, what do you think about? 
uh, giant robots, fighting bad guys, big explosions, that sort of thing. I told you that a cool majority of these IDW comic books read more like episodes of Friends. Uh. <laughs> so a lot of them is just like them doing social gatherings, talking about relational problems and trauma. There's a, there's a storyline where a, a Transformer comes out of the closet. Um, there's a storyline where, you know, they're, they're trying to vote. They're trying to vote who becomes the next leader of the Autobots. Ugh. Um, you know, there's a lot of feelings, a lot of, you know, you hurt my robot feelings. And, you know, we have to cling on to hope in the democracy of the Autobots. And it's just, it's just weird, especially when you, you hear, like, Starscream complaining to, to <laughs> Megatron. <laughs> and... You know, it's 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 like it's it reads like a soap opera. I got a I got a humble bundle of uh, Transformers graphic novels, and I right. read through three of them. And I'm like, there was not an action scene in any of these, and I didn't know how to feel about that. That's incredibly disappointing. Yes, it's the weirdest thing. Right, right, and it's incredibly disappointing. Not because of the content, because obviously there's there's a time and place for that sort of thing. I think X-Men does a, a terrific job of exploring topics like that, and I think Teen Titans for DC do, does an excellent job for you know exploring those ideas. But giant robots? Come on. Right. If your name is Axelblood, <laughs> and you have, you have a rocket coming out of your back... Right. I don't want to hear about how democracy in Cybertron needs to be reinvigorated. <laughs> exactly. I want to see you use that rocket, sir. Right. Right. Yeah. Otherwise, what's the point? Yeah. Why well, even have a rocket? I mean, and that's kind of the joke of the IDW comic books is that Optimus Prime and you know, uh, there's a there's another Optimus and Bumblebee. For some reason, Bumblebee was the Superman of the group. For a while, okay. Um, but these guys actually have guns hanging from their hands while they're talking about right, their right. Yeah, yeah. That's yeah. I I can't imagine. I can't imagine the sheer disappointment that you know uh, a twelve-year-old that just loves giant robots is like, oh boy, there's a whole comic universe of Transformers, and like he opens it, and it's just about geopolitics of <laughs> Unicron or whatever. Yeah, yeah. Oh my gosh. Mm -hmm. that, sounds, yeah. that sounds awful. I, I expect that from Archie and no one else. Right, exactly. Mm -hmm. Exactly. And I, again, uh, we have to iterate that. Um, we don't think that these things don't need to be, shouldn't be talked about in comics, but you gotta pick your time and place, man. Yeah, especially if you draw your characters with plasma cannons for hands. <laughs> right, right, exactly. Yeah. You well, better be using the plasma cannons. Right. That's, what I'm saying. that's e exactly. Yeah. Exactly. Oh, man. Well, those are, those are good criticisms, Mike. Thank you for bringing those to the table. Right. So now um, I'm going to have you enter into Imagination Land. Oh, boy. Uh, usually we talk about a movie 
Right, right. And that's, that's a good avenue to go down with, with uh, you know, especially with Beast Wars. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, especially with Channing Tatum being, uh, <laughs> you know, Optimus Primal. Um, but, you know, I'm going to go in a different direction. Oh, boy. I want you to create Generation 3 of Beast Wars. Okay. Mm-hmm. Like the like a TV show, or no, like the toy line. Oh, um, yeah! I want you to sell it to me like I'm eight years old. Mike, I I love this. I, I love that we're going in this direction. Um, well, Mike, I think um, first and foremost, I think we're gonna have to go into um, this product at three different tier levels. I think the first tier level is, you know, we got our, our baby toys, right, for little kids, like six-year-olds. Mm-hmm. You know, they're, they're very basic, not a lot of moving parts. You know, you, know, you, you click three buttons and it transforms, right? right. Um, you know, it comes with, like, a, a Playmobil kind of setup. You know, you can get, like, uh, Baby's First, um, you know, Baby's First Hideout, and, you know, you got Optimus Primus and, you know... Uh, Chitara, whatever, not Chitara. <laughs> Different '80s cartoon. Um, uh, yeah, so you know, you, you got your your baseline sort of um, entry level uh, transformers. Now the mid tier, that's hitting the sweet spot, right? This is you know eight to twelve years old. This is you know seven to fifteen, maybe not fifteen. You know seven to thirteen. Um, and, uh, this was everything that, that little Michael hoped to get in Toronto, right? Like it's, um, you know, a, a solid plastic design, uh, you know, tra- you know, able to transform into, um, you know, any beast under the sun, you know, you got, um, you got a cheetah, you got a rhino, you got your rat riding on a, uh, on a gorilla, um, and you know it comes in every every shape and color under the moon. We and we would do different, um, you know, different. We would do different seasonal releases, right? So we would do, you know, Halloween time. They all get to be spooky. Christmas time. They all get a little Santa hat. You you get the picture. Um, but Michael, the next product line, top of the tier. This is the one that you want. Okay, this is the one where you bring you bring it to the lunch table, and everyone is jealous, and everyone will want to trade you their pudding pop for three minutes of playtime with this this transformer. Are you ready? Mm-hmm. So this the top tier transformer. It's not you know your rinky dink like two, three, four inches. No, this is a solid, you know, foot yeah. tall, rope metal plastic. Um, action figure. You know the, uh, you know how WWE does those like plushy wrestlers. Yeah. Imagine that, but instead it's just plastic and metal, right? It's pure right. just beast of a. You know, you just bring in a gorilla, right? It's, it's yes. got act. It's got actuating arms. It's got like, um, you know, you can. There's an app that can drive it, right? So you can, like, you can make it run around. You can program it. It's got, you know, Wi-Fi capability that you can video record and upload to Twitch about your adventures as, your, as a giant robot. And 
Michael, we would develop a fighting league around these giant things, okay? So Okay. So the whole the whole idea of the game is that you find other people that have um, you know, these toys and you can battle them so you can video record it. And then uh, on the app you can watch other robot fights and uh, you know, there's a there's a win loss ratio, right? And you know, the top ten, whatever in the world get to compete and you know, there's prize money and stuff like that. So it's kind of like esports meets a gigantic robotic, um, you know, fighting robot. <laughs> exactly. I mean, wow. right? That, doesn't that doesn't that sound incredible? Don't you want that? Yeah. You know, I had an idea, but then your idea like punched my idea, so now <laughs> it left my head. And and. You know, I accidentally bought six thousand dollars worth of toys out of excitement. <laughs> yeah, this, isn't that great? Yes. Well, my idea right mm-hmm. here is, um, when your when your robot has to turn into a vehicle, who has to do all the work? You. Yes, the child. So, what if you made one where you push a button on a remote and it transforms into the car by itself? Wouldn't that be amazing? That would be dope. Why hasn't this been created yet? I know it would use so many servos and pulleys, and it would probably break every other time. Right. I but mean, I yeah. Right. Like that's that's gotta exist, right? I I want it to exist. Right, like we we live in a time where you can buy a drone for like hundred and twenty dollars. This has gotta this is this has gotta exist somewhere. Someone's gotta have made this. Also, what about a drone that could turn into a robot? Um, and with uh, wireless buttons that shoot out projectiles. <laughs> yeah, so you can so you can battle your enemies. Yes. That's what I'm saying, man. Yes. Now, we didn't get into specifics. Like, are these animals? Are these cars? Are these robots? Um, um, uh, I, I, I think, I mean, for, for this show, I mean, obviously because we're, we're touting, um, you know, Beast Wars over Transformers. Yes. But realistically, like, this is all one franchise. This is all one series. So, mm-hmm. you know... There's, um, you know, there's, you're going to be able to get everyone. You're going to get your Star Streams. You're going to get your Bumblebees. You're going to get your Rhinoxes. You're going to get your Titors. You're going to get your, your Tiger right. Hawks. Um, but I, I kind of, uh, you know, I'm envisioning that they, they all have, like, different stats. They all have, like, you know, slightly differing abilities. And, um, yeah, so, but I, I would like to think that the, uh, the Beast Wars ones would have a, they're like a special edition, you know, like they're the extra rare ones, the extra powerful ones. Yeah. I was thinking, now they've done this before where the trans, where you buy six different Transformers and they form together. Right, right. Super Transformer. Like a Megazord. Yes. But I want one that involves buying 30 Transformers. <laughs> <laughs> Four robot. The size of your little brother. 
That's incredible. Yeah. <laughs> it would be quite a feat. It would take a few Christmases and birthdays to get it. But it Maybe all worth. of them. Yeah. And that should be $30,000 if you can keep that. Agreed. That sounds like a super fortress to me. Yes. Oh, man. I'm, I'm so bad, Mike. We always do this on our shows. We make things that sound super cool, but we, can, we literally can never have them. You know, we make gold, and the Michael Bays of this world make silver, and they're the ones that are getting through. That's what I'm saying. Also, very generous for you to say that Michael Bay makes gold. <laughs> yes, or silver, yes. Um, I think I was searching for the word pewter. <laughs> <laughs> well, you got it. Yes. I was thinking maybe sulfur. Yeah, maybe steel wool. <laughs> yeah. Hasbro, make that transformer. Yes, a, a, a little sheep that shoots out lasers. That sounds adorable, Mike. Yes. I want so, that. Ironically, Adam, I've been feeding <laughs> our um, alternate universe uh, steel wool. Oh, yeah? You know, the sponge of the early 2000s. <laughs> um, and I think it's going to create a universe that lives out our dreams. Mike, I would love nothing more than to see a universe where Beast Wars is king. Yes. Uh, anything else we should add to, as fuel to this machine? Um, I think that we should throw in um, maybe a couple of gallons of our leftover Crystal Pepsi yeah. and um, maybe uh, a silly band here and there. Yeah, I've been putting in GoBots. <laughs> And uh, the European version of uh, G.I. Joe Action Man. Oh, ooh, nice. Yeah. Oh, oh, wait. I found this um, Beetleborg action figure, and his head flips in and out of his chest. Do you remember those? Oh, my gosh. That better create Peace Force. <laughs> I'm telling you right now. I'm pretty sure if we put that into a... Uh, uh, a nuclear fusion engine, we would create sustainable energy for eternity. I'm just going to uh, turn on our computer, uh, powered by a basic plus. <laughs> and uh, here we go in three, two, one. We open on a Hollywood studio board meeting between Disney and an indie director fresh off his Cinderella rise to Oscar fame. Well, Mr. Bay, I have to say we here at Disney are very impressed with your work on your coming-of-age comedy drama, Juno. Thank you. I just feel that because Canada is the media capital of the world, it's about time that the world saw that we aren't just about the glitz and glamour of Prince Edward Island and want to show off what it's like to be a millennial teenager dealing with pregnancy. Indeed. And I suppose you know why we have invited you here to this meeting. Well, I suppose you're here to buy my screenplay for 500 Days of Summer. Well, that sounds like a very killer script. Rather, we would like to offer you the opportunity of a lifetime. The chance to direct Beast Wars, semicolon, Transformers. The greatest IP Canada has to offer since Our Lady Peace. Exactly. We need something to compete in the action adventure market 
and we just feel like you're the man for the job. I'm humbled by this opportunity. Truly, I am. Will I have complete control over every aspect of this film, including casting? Absolutely. Well, except for the leading roles. Uh, Titor is going to be played by Ryan Reynolds, and Optimus Primal is slated to be Donald Sutherland, and fresh off his successful stink in the Black Hole prequels, Hidden Christensen will be Megatron, and Rachel McAdams will be Waspinator. What a cat. Someone else in mind for Cheetor. Someone young and up and coming for that role. Who did you have in mind? Well, I had originally had him do a table read for 500 Days of Summer to play the lovable but passive main lead, but feel he's perfect for this part. Well, who is this mysterious gentleman? Just so happened to bring him along with me. Come, come on in, Shia. <gasps> His eyes light up as Shia LaBeouf enters. As he sits, the executive makes eye contact with Shia LaBeouf, and the heavens open and trumpets begin to play. Shia settles in, and all the executive can see is Canadian dollar sign. He's perfect! What did I say, kid? I told you I'd make you a star. Fades to black. Wow, well, Michael. It's, it's good to see Shia LaBeouf is wanted in another world. <laughs> I think I was most impressed by the fact that Hayden Christensen is perceived as a great actor there, too. Yeah. That, that's, you know, when you put in enough robots, um, it, it can make even the worst actors come to life. <laughs> That's what I'm saying. Man, how great would that tra- trans- or that Beast Wars Transformers movie be, eh? Yeah. Yeah, oh my gosh. I know what you're talking about. Um, <laughs> it, makes, it sounds beautiful. You know, and with the, the American dollar being so high right now, uh, we'd be making quite a, a Canadian loon on that. <laughs> a loony or a toonie? Oh, definitely the Toonies. Oh, man. I think that was probably my favorite fact that I've discovered about Beast Wars was the fact that it was made on location in Vancouver, Canada. Beautiful thing about Canada is they stay under the radar for like a decade. And then they they just humbly push out a project. And... It's Beast Wars, and right. it's Ryan Reynolds, right? And it's um thousand Rachel. foot crush. <laughs> <laughs> it's hockey. It's hockey. It's um. Have you ever seen the Disney um show? My my teacher is, or no, my my babysitter is a vampire. No. Canada made that and Disney bought it. Okay. And they're like, yeah, if 10,000 people saw that show, that means it's a hit. And <laughs> right, right. Apparently, Disney saw it for what it was <laughs> gold. Yep. Oh, man. That's great. I love it. Yeah. Well, I don't know if we can beat that episode. 
Um, you know, because once you go Beast Wars, you never go to the least wars. Wars. <laughs> yeah. And, yeah. So, you know, I, I was going to do, you know, Lara Croft versus Miss Pac-Man. Right. But now I don't uh, know where to go. Yeah, I was, I was thinking maybe, um, I don't know, uh, Tang being better than Kool Aid, but you I know, don't know. We keep picking that fight, and you know, Big Kool Aid keeps sending us cease and desist. And by sending cease and desist, I mean they send giant pitchers into our office and destroying a wall. Right, those guys are bullies. You think <laughs> that guy's harmless? No. Yeah, you no. think that is that pitcher is filled with delicious, delicious Kool Aid, but it's actually the blood of their enemies. Yeah. So, anyways, anyways, <laughs> that was <laughs> what a tangent. That was our skit called Kool Aid Man, the villain. <laughs> and, he really um, is a bad guy. The proper like I okay, so now I really want to go through every YouTube video and right. calculate. Property damage. <laughs> it's probably really high. Yes. But. <laughs> uh, yeah. So, uh, you know, thank you for watching. Thank you for going on Instagram right after this and telling us how wonderful we did. Yeah. And, uh, yeah, thank you for the, taking the time to, to listen about something that we, we, we love and hold dear to our hearts. Yeah. And, you know, stay tuned as we probably hit something else that's geeky. Here's hoping. <laughs> All right. Um, goodbye. Uh, we love you, and have a great day. And remember to spray and neuter your pets. <laughs> yeah, Bob Barker. <laughs>